You're listening to the Real Estate Entrepreneur Podcast with Terrence Murphy, where we cover sales, investing, and entrepreneurship with an emphasis on real estate. Each podcast, Terrence and his guests will bring you informative and inspiring information within the real estate industry. Welcome to another episode of Real Estate Entrepreneur with Terrence Murphy. My guest today is Ashley Hayes. She's one of Seattle's leading real estate professionals, known as Urban Ash for her unique knowledge of living and investing within the city of Seattle. Ashley is currently the managing broker and principal broker of a talented team of agents at Point Three Real Estate. Ashley received the Five Star Professional Award for the last five consecutive years for her high production and industry leading service. Widely regarded for her expertise, she has also been featured as a home buyer and broker on the HGTV series House Hunter Seattle. Welcome more to the show today. Happiness is the new rich, kindness is the new cool, health is the new wealth, and inner peace is the new success. So that's that's where we're trying to go with this deal. But let's welcome Ashley to the show today. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you, Terrence, for asking me to to join you here today. Yeah, it'll be fun, man. It'll be fun to catch up. I know we hit it off a couple of years ago at a real estate conference and kept in touch. And I've been watching you on social media and keeping up with your success. That's the benefit of social media. You can keep up with people. But yeah, let's dive into your story. So tell me, you know, a little bit about yourself, who you are, and then how you got into real estate, because we all have a story on how we got into it. Yep. So my name is Ashley Hayes. I'm with Point Through Real Estate in uh, Seattle, and I've been in the market for about 17 years now. I originally started more so from the rental side of things. And actually, I was in my sophomore year of college when I first got my license, and I started more so from kind of account manager, just with the online rental marketing company that inspired me to get my license. And so I did, and I kind of came at the real estate game from more of the, not property management, but more of the leasing and relocation side. So part of that was when I graduated, you know, the owner of the company, just now partner, Kevin, he was like, you know, do you want to go, you know, basically asked him, what do you want to do with your life? Do you want to stay here and help me build, you know, see what is known as Seattle Rental Group now, which we do, I mean, we're top condo home and leasing in Seattle, really concentrate on the condo market and do property management for condos now too. But at that time, there was only two agents and it was kind of that that breaking point of, okay, well, am I going to go try to find going into the commercial world? Am I going to kind of explore this residential world? So I decided to stay and kind of help build that division of the company. And then the sales side, the brokerage side, which always existed, it was called Northwest Property Group back in the day, kind of just came around naturally. About two or three years after I was really going with helping build kind of the Seattle rental group side, we're hiring agents, are the clients, of course, the landlords and the renters that we're working and servicing with during that time naturally turned into buyers and sellers. So that was kind of the synergy between, I guess, the rental aspect and the brokerage sales services. The other, the third tier that we have with our company is the relocation piece. And one might say that that was actually the foundation of the company at the beginning in the 90s, really, with Microsoft. We did corporate relocation. And I started off doing you know, tours. We do two, three or five-hour tours with these inbound corporate employees coming to the area, helping them find rentals, helping them find you know, homes to purchase. And that also is, is kind of the, the other aspect of our company that really just kind of all three pieces really just synergize with each other very well. And we've been very successful at building 
all three of those parts up to where they're kind of interlinked now and that, you know, all of our agents that are part of our brokerage really do service every aspect of, of those, those divisions. Yeah. So let's dive. That's good. Let's dive deeper into that. So you said point three, is that, is the three, the, the three kind of pillars? Yep. So Makes rentals, sense. relocation and sales. Love it. Love it. So let's talk about, you know, commercial or I would say relocation for professionals. Cause I think that's a segment that people are starting to see with a lot of the companies moving, like Tesla's moving to Austin, you know, Apple's putting down a campus there. They're also putting a campus in Atlanta. That's been a question that has come up and no one's really dove into relocation. So I would love to spend some time on that. Yep. So tell me how you guys broke into that segment of real estate sales. And then let's talk about how you built that pipeline, built those relationships. So on the relocation side, what most people are not aware of is that, you know, these big corporations work with larger relocation companies. So they're the, the, the middleman that when there's a new hire, they're coming in, they're facilitating the move, they're putting them in temporary housing. They're kind of guiding them through the process. We're kind of the, the end, the end piece where, okay, now they've gotten to the city or they're coming into the city into their temporary housing or wherever, you know, they may be. And we're taking them out and finding their longer term housing. So that's, that's where our relationship is there. And that kind of actually spawned before my time in the late nineties with Kevin and a partner that he had back then just with obviously Microsoft growing at that time and someone that was working within the, the HR or Relo realm when they were doing it in-house decided to branch off and kind of work, work with Kevin on, on that. So, but yeah, since then, I mean, we have 80 different companies that we work with in Seattle. (laughs) We had, yeah, a new account, that I, you know, inbound employees don't kind of speak lightly on this because a lot of these numbers and, and names of things are somewhat confidential, but for sure, about 800, I think it was a month ago, we had 800 inbound Amazon employees coming through to Seattle alone. And, you know, what we're seeing right now, obviously due to COVID is that we kind of had a backlog of last year with people not moving. Mm-hmm. And even though they had plans, they stayed with their, where they're coming from, but Amazon kept on hiring, right. And, and doing onboarding from home. And so now we have double the amount of people relocating kind of this year. And that's why we're seeing kind of those numbers. And that's just Amazon. I mean, that's not, you know, our, the biotech, that's not the hospitals, that's not any other, you know, tech company. Right. So that's a big piece of our world up here and has been for a long time. No, that's great. I mean, 80 companies is relocation accounts is awesome. What kind of bandwidth do you need to service and what kind of structure of the team? If you, if you, and obviously anything that's kind of strategic or proprietary, keep that to your vest. But if I were just going over like the structure of the team and the bandwidth that we need to service a relocation department, what does that look like for you guys? I actually, believe it or not, I think we have a team of probably eight to 10 and, you know, we have Kim, who is our director of relocation. She's amazing at what she does in terms of just coordination and communication and just, you know, really owning that side of the company and, and that division. She is kind of the, the powerhouse in terms of, of that. But, you know, the agents, they're out, you know, three, five hour tours, multiple days with these clients. It's no different than servicing a buyer, really. Yep. And they kind of cross over. So it's, it's kind Correct. of the same, same amount of bandwidth needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's where I want to dive. And I'm, I'm going to keep digging there. Cause you know, I think a lot of times people, 
I see agents who get themselves in a pickle because they want to work with investors. Then they want to work with high-end homes. Then they want to work with new build. Then they want to do some commercial sales, then some commercial leasing. Then they want to do work with buyers and then they want to be in relocation. And before you know it, you're not an expert at anything, right? And like you said, like, yeah, it's similar bandwidth with buyers, but there's a difference. And what would you say the top three things would be is if I'm showing relocation clients or I'm working with a buyer in Seattle, what would that look like? Would be in terms of like, what would be the difference? Right. Cause you said it's a little different, oh, you know, you know, so treating it differently. I mean, the relocation side, you're the mindset is, you know, these people are coming first. It's connecting with what they, they are looking for. Where are they coming from? Like they're the mindset of what are they paying? Where they're coming from? What's the space that they have? Because when people come here to Seattle, it's like, you know, you're shrinking in the space that you have now and you're paying double. Right. So, so that, that's the, the number one kind of reality check of, all right, let's, you know, see where they're coming from that now this is, this is what you're looking at realistically within your budget. And then, you know, where are they staying for temporary housing and what's their timeline for needing to move? And do they have family that's coming at some point? It's all, it's the same processes when you're working with the buyer really, but it, you have more, I think, heightened emotions and just maybe a little bit more chaos just because, you know, everyone handles cross-country moves, international moves, everything differently. So I think that there is a little bit more of a hand-holding and customer service concierge-ish style service that has to come into play. You hit it on the head. I was trying to pull it out of you and you hit it. Yeah. It's it's more of a concierge. Yeah. There's just a little more service. There's a little more, you know, on the backside and during the process, you're doing a little more than if you got a buyer down the street looking to buy a house next door and, and, and they've been there 15 years. But when you're talking about coordinating people from all around the world, actually, you know, and moving to a city, there's just more concierge. And that was the word that I was trying to pull out of you. So that, that makes that makes sense. Well, that's awesome, man. So let, let's dive into management, right? So you guys are doing the leasing and the management. Mm-hmm. What's the focus there? Is it multifamily? Is it single family? Is it townhome projects? Is it condo projects? Where do you see investors putting their money in Seattle? Like what kind of projects are y'all managing? So right now we are just starting to see some more investors in single family homes. Well, I guess investor being, there's a couple different aspects of that, right? So like on the leasing and rental side, those type of investors, like our big high-rise apartment buildings, mass communities, we don't have many of that. That wave was like two years ago, right? So we have a few that are in the works that'll come to term this coming year. And they're actually Canadian-based developers. So Seattle has seen just kind of this, just in the last five to 10 years, a lot of developers from Vancouver have come down, Concord Pacific, Boza, West Bank are the the top three in all the four. Yeah. And so they're building apartment buildings. They are building condo buildings too. And so that's kind of our new wave of, of construction is, and Broad is another one. So we actually have quite a few. That's our next wave of new construction. We have a couple local developers on the condo side and apartment side also kind of in, in the ring, but definitely more so Canadian-based developers. Yeah, Bose is a big company for sure. They're doing stuff yeah. in San Diego and all around the world. So... Wow. Yep. I mean, I think answering your question though, the the condo like rent leasing and management side of things for the private landlord right now is probably looking at maybe single family houses if they could get into it. But right now it's definitely a primary home driven market just because of multiple offers and you have to be really wanting the property, you know, for emotional reasons, personal reasons. But condos have generally been our bread and butter for investors. 
just because, you know, they're easy properties to manage. They are generally downtown in the core. You're going to have really good quality tenants just because of the, the rent rates you're paying and you have some good product to choose from too. Love it. So one of the things I was on, uh, I was on a stage, I guess, yesterday at Inman Connect doing a series and obviously low inventory is the, is a big conversation in our space right now for the 1.4 million realtors in the United States. How are you guys as an independent really still creating those seller relationships? Well, I think a lot of that pulls from our landlords that we work with throughout the years. They've held their properties now. I mean, I have clients that I've worked with for 15 years and renting their homes, and then now I'm selling them. Wow. So I think people saw the wave of where things went in 2000, you know, 13, 14, 15, 16. Well, in that whole that whole time period where we saw that the market rise kind of leveled out a little bit in maybe that 18, 19 timeframe. And then now it's kind of shooting back up again. So I think they're kind of taking advantage of that and wanting to sell now. It makes sense. Yeah. So we're, we're trying to create inventory. It's been, everyone has a different agenda, right? So it's just a matter of trying to find who, who wants to sell, who doesn't, and what's, what's on their agenda for the five-year run. Makes sense. So let's dive into you a little more personal. So when you first got into the industry, if you could look back at that time in your life, what's one lesson that you wish you would have known or somebody would have told you when you started? I always smile when someone asks me this because I oh, my I know exactly what it'd be and it'd be really dialing in my database. Mm. Like really treating that as a priority from the very, very beginning because that is something that... And I say database, but that also is like client relationships and just you know making sure from the very beginning you're not... You are thinking about those things when you're starting as a broker, but you're also thinking about you know getting more business and you're thinking about servicing the business, learning the industry, like all those different things that I think that that to me would be my, my number one of, you know, would have kind of solidified my database a little bit more. Yeah. Cause it's something you hear about when, when you first get in the industry, you don't understand how important it is mm-hmm. and just staying in front of your database and, and creating some kind of way to communicate with them consistently. Yep. So I'm always telling people, what's your SSC? What's your strategy? What's your system? And then how consistently are you going to do it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's good. worked. It's worked really well. Yeah. And just real estate in general, what do you see as the biggest opportunity in the next twelve to twenty-four months? Well, we're kind of seeing it right now with like Airbnb short-term rental properties. Mm. I feel like that's going to continue into this coming twelve to twenty-four months. I think people are because of COVID, they are doing more of domestic travel, and I think they're necessarily not wanting to just jump back into resorts or you know, hotels. Mm-hmm. So they are going for the Airbnb style accommodations. They also are traveling in packs. So with families and it's just more convenient when you're meeting up with your aunts and uncles, you haven't seen forever or your cousins or whatever to get one house and one roof. So I think that that's a huge trend for, you know, the next 12 to 24 months. No, that's good. That's good. So Airbnb, you feel like it's something that people are really focusing on and, 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 and can do well. Yep. Love it. Love it. Okay. So technology. Everybody's throwing money at prop tech. Everybody, there's a lot of cash being thrown towards real estate. Obviously, with Zillow becoming a brokerage and Redfin and all those things, like what are you guys using from a technology standpoint? And what's the technology that you've used to create success? So, 
I mean, we have a lot of tools. We're an independent brokerage. So, you know, we tend to cherry pick the tools that we think are going to best service or be the best resource for our brokers. One of the tools that I've used for so long is Cloud CMA, mm. which is kind of a basic tool. It's just basically, you know, has the ability to provide these really quick CMA analysis for your clients. If you're prospecting, you could use it. And also for on the buyer side, really good buyer tool technology too. So, I mean, that's a simple one, but that's that I think is something I use all the time. And then what about database management? Because they always say in real estate, the best CRM is the one you use. Which one are you using? The Real360. Real360. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So let's talk personal again. Where are you as a real estate entrepreneur, right? Is there any other ventures that you see yourself getting into soon or that you're investing your money in? Like, where are you kind of taking that extra time to put your resources towards? Yeah. So actually, it was interesting this last year, again, due to COVID, kind of a, we had a mind shift of you know where I guess we wanted to be my husband's parents and not be you know personally all the time, but we kind of expanded our mind and we actually went down to Phoenix and purchased a home in July that we are doing... Airbnb or vacation rental, short-term rental with down there. It's been extremely successful. Has kind of opened my eye to the Phoenix, you know, Scottsdale, Paradise Valley market and just the opportunity that's down there. And their market is getting pretty hot. And actually, it's completely different from when we purchased down in July. But definitely this year, focusing on, you know, kind of building my business down there as well. So finishing up getting my license. I'm on my last leg there. So probably should just be a couple of weeks and I'll be done. You hang my license down there and just kind of working on the relationships that we have up here. So many people are moving down there or know someone down there. And it's really easy from Seattle to get to Phoenix, Scottsdale. And so it's just, it'll, I think, complement what we do up here and our, our relationships up here as well. Yeah. So you think in expansion and would you be expanding your personal business or referral based business? Would you plan a team? Where yeah. have you thought through? So I'll end up paying my license with a di- uh, more of a bigger brokerage down there until I can do, you know, get my principal brokers down there. Mm-hmm. But I, I, we have, I have a relationship with an agent who's with Global Banker that I've been referring a lot of business to. So we'll kind of work hand in hand. And then I have another team member who is actually from Seattle, lives down there, who wants to join too. So we're going to kind of fold underneath as a desert ash team instead of the urban ash team. <laughs> So like we have the logo, the website, everything's ready to go. We just got to do some admin stuff first and then we'll be, we'll be all set. Well, you took me there too. I want to talk about that. Like, that's kind of like your, like TM5 is like kind of my brand, you know, and people know I'm associated with it. Tell me about the Urban Ash, Desert Ash type. Like, how did you create that? Why? Give me the story behind that. Yeah. So gosh, it was years ago, I think. Well, pretty much like two years after, three years after I got my license, kind of, you know, having your own brand is what you, what you needed to have, right? So I was actually talking to my mom. It's like, you know, what should I, what should I name myself, or what should I call myself, or brand myself? My mom's like, Urban Ash. So it's actually my mom's idea, which is so funny. And then I just kind of expanded off of that, and it really is just my personal brand, my personal business. I mean, I'm managing broker at Point Three, and and you know, manage the agents there, and principal broker for our Oregon office, and. But for my business that I service, which is primarily condos in the downtown core or you know luxury homes around, that's Urban Ash. And uh, my colleague Jenny and, and Brittany, we just kind of team up and, and service that sales and leasing and all that that comes through that pipeline. Yeah. And there's, there's two other questions there I want to dive into because you know I think the biggest thing as a producing, managing broker, right? People in real estate, 
you get to you get people on both sides of the fence. Well, well, if you're a managing broker, you shouldn't be selling real estate. And I'm like, well, I'm always going to sell real estate. So if me being a managing broker at TM5 is not going to work for you, it's not the place. Right. How have you managed those expectations with your agents, with you being a producing broker or managing broker? And then I want to talk about how you're managing both of those locations. Yep. And I think the first thing that comes to mind is the agent's business comes first, right? So you, I drop everything I can. Of course, I have my clients that I'm servicing, but I've been able to find a really good balance of if an agent has a problem, that's top priority, right? So I'm dropping everything. And I'm like, hey, how can we get this? So I have my efficiencies on how I, I handle that down. You have to, I feel like if you're going to be in touch with the trends that are going on out there, what you're seeing in buyer activity, seller activity, all that's the pulse on the market to be able to guide or lead your brokers, you should be selling real estate. You should be somewhat, unless you're just a transaction, you know, you're going through and you're just reviewing documents and you're not, you know, giving strategy to your brokers. I guess that would work for a managing broker position, but for someone who, and especially a boutique firm, you know, as yours, you or independent brokerage, you know, you have to have that strategy in order for your client, your, your brokers to be successful too. And you have to be able to tell them, you know, like we're doing a competitive offer workshop on Monday, right? The whole thing will just be me going through, you know, what, what are we seeing? What are the trends? What thing people are waving this, doing that, our forms of change. Like you have to be able to communicate and lead your brokers in that way. So I, I, I can see both sides of the coin there, but I think it's just worked really well for, for me and, and our, our, um, brokerage. Yeah. I've always said like, how can I lead from the front if I'm not in the game? You know, it goes back to my sports days, right? You, you're on an A&M football team, you're in NFL and you know, the game's on the line and you, you jump in the middle of the locker room and you're like, all right, guys, this is what we're going to do. And it's like, if you don't play, no one's listening. Yeah. Like, it's like, okay, like you didn't even get on the field. What are you talking about? So this is, to me, it's always the same in real estate. The reason I was able to command people's, you know, commitment and, f- and following what I asked them to do, because I was the number one agent in central Texas. I was one of the number one top 10 agents in, in, in the state at one point in individual volume. So now they can actually say, yeah, he just did this. Well, yeah, because I can coach you on something because I just went through it last week. Right. And so it's tough to do that. If you're just sitting in the office in the AC, they're out in the heat running and going, it's just tough to respect that, man. I've never, I've never been able to get wrap my mind around that. So that makes sense. So you got the multiple locations you're leading, yep. right? So how far are they apart and how do you manage the, like, how are you managing the expectations of these agents in another market and you're here? Like, how do you travel back and forth? Do you do all, everything on Zoom? What does that look like? Yeah. So I'm just starting to get into that. So I think that that's going to be the shakeout of, of 2021 is figuring out what is that balance. I feel really good in the foundation that is here in Seattle, but, and, but I also feel really good about the foundation that I potentially have over in Phoenix. It's just, a, it's the matter of how everything kind of gels together. Seattle is, I would say priority, but all, it's so funny because we all talk about like what are our priorities and we want to put everything on the same pedestal and it just is not realistic. But you, I think, incrementally move, you know, every, if you keep moving and keep your momentum moving forward on everything, it all sifts. As long as you're giving your 100% energy and effort into it, it'll, it'll all sift out. So I don't know, answer your question. I'm unsure how that'll all play out, but I'm, I'm not worried. No, you're not. You're going to be successful no matter what. I know you. Yeah. So what are you doing to invest in yourself right now? We jump on here and we always want to talk about, okay, we're doing this for the industry. We're doing this for our agents. I think as entrepreneurs, real estate entrepreneurs, leaders, professionals, brokers, builders, managers, whatever we are, 
we tend to forget about investing in ourselves. So what are you doing to invest in you? Yep. And I think that that is this last year we sold during COVID a property. We closed on another property of ours this coming week. I think it's actually building or moving our real estate portfolio into something else, like just kind of elevating and putting ourselves in the next the next chapter of life with our own kind of real estate investments. And I think the end goal one, you know, my husband and I at one point, you know, we we love hospitality. And so, you know, doing a boutique hotel or having creating those experiences for people, even in our own Airbnb that we have. I mean, we could we really uh, take pride in that. And I think that that's kind of the goal that we're we're moving towards. So I, I think that that's what, you know, right now what I'm kind of investing and focusing on. Love it. One day when you do a hundred million dollar hotel, let me know. I'll be one of your investors. <laughs> <Sounds> good. <laughs> There'll probably be a casino in it. I'm sure if Mark, has, if Mark has his way. <laughs> I'm with you. Keep me on your list. What's your big why? Like, why are, why are you getting up every day? Why do you do what you do? I like producing. I like being out, meeting people. I've been asked that question before and it's really hard for me to nail down just one thing just because it's, you know, I think there's a million different things that drive us and I want to be successful and I want to make my clients successful, want to make the agent successful and just kind of really build a, a good life around, you know, me while I'm on this earth. Love it. Love it. Last couple of questions. What's your book that you would recommend to our listeners? You know, on all of our guests, I always say, hey, everybody's got to bring a book suggestion because I always say readers are leaders. So what would the, what would be your book you suggest and why? So I have two. What Right now, and I'll just say the one, I'm, I mean, we read tons of books, right? And I do audio books because it's just easier for me. But the one I'm reading right now is Simply Said by Jay Sullivan. I don't know if you've heard of it. And it's more so just about communication. Like how can we be more effective communicators? Whether that's, you know, written, is oral, leading. And what are the things that you could do to simplify your message so that pe- you could clearly communicate, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that spawned from last year, you know, with COVID, communication was like the number one thing. Get, communicating with your clients, what your brokers, everyone, what's going on, right? Mm-hmm. So refining that skill. The other one that I always go back to, and everyone could take this, you know, if they read it, I think the unique thing is everyone takes something different away from it is the Malcolm Gladwell talking with strangers. Mm. I don't know if you've ever read that one either. Yeah. I just feel like there's just so, especially in this day and age, there's just so many good things to keep in mind when you, and it's a little bit, you know, more of a heavier undertone, but I actually went back to that book probably four times now and skipped through it. And, and I just, it just has a lot of life lessons and good things that you should keep in the back of your mind when you're dealing with so many different people in the world and our industry, different agents, different clients moving from all different areas of the world. It's just a really good, good read. Yeah. And I think uh, the premise I pulled from that too, is just the lacking of understanding of we're all still human beings, like just treat people. You know, we have three kids, you know, they're all under 10 and we're talking to them about how to treat people at school and how to treat their friends and how they want to be treated and how brothers and sisters are treating each other. And it's like, these were things that were taught to us at a very young age. And it's like, now adults seem to forget the basics of life It's just treat people like you want to be treated. It's not that complicated. Yep. So final thoughts, what do you want to leave our listeners with? Any final thoughts for the show that you want to leave them with? You know, I know just market wise, it's tough out there for those buyers and, and, you know, hang in there. (laughs) 
you know, the ebbs and flows of our market. I mean, we've witnessed it. How long have you been in the market industry well, for? Yeah, uh, almost 11 years as a sales person or broker and then 15 years as a in, investor. Yep. So you've seen kind of that, the ebbs and flows. Yep. And I think that that's just something to be attuned to and making sure that you're working with, you know, good brokers who are attuned to what your goals are, you know, and that's pretty much it. No, that's great. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. And, you know, I want to stay in touch with you. I'm proud of what you're doing and been keeping up with your growth on social media and and we'll stay connected. Yeah. Hopefully I get to make my way down, down to you at some point and see what you're up to. Yeah. Anytime you're in Texas, man, this is, this is my state. So just let me know. Cool. Thank you, Ashley. All right. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. See you soon. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of The Real Estate Entrepreneur with Terrence Murphy. Please subscribe on whichever platform you are listening and consider leaving a five-star review as that will help us gain traction and continue to bring you knowledge in the real estate industry. For more content, head over to terrencemurphy.com. 